Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Preacher Boys podcast. I make this show for you, and I hope that you really enjoy it. I have a lot of people that ask me how they can support the show financially, and you can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash preacherboys. You're going to get access to exclusive content, including early releases of episodes. I've got a couple episodes right now that have been released at least a month early over on Patreon. You've got access to things like unique merch, depending on what tier you join, and you get access to some behind-the-scenes content that I'm posting within the group. So head over to patreon.com slash preacherboys and become a member over there today. Every single supporter helps make this show a little bit more possible, especially as I continue to add additional episodes and content every single week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get back to the show. Trigger warning. This podcast contains descriptions of various abusive situations. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to the Preacher Boys Podcast, a podcast shedding light on decades of mental, physical, and sexual abuse within the independent fundamental Baptist movement. The testimonies shared on this podcast are told from the personal experience and perspective of the survivors. Not all legal outcomes are known or final. Any suspect is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. To find more information about the Preacher Boys podcast and upcoming documentary, visit PreacherBoysDoc.com or connect on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at PreacherBoysDoc. Now, here is your host... Eric Skwarzynski. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Preacher Boys podcast. I know we've been on a little bit of a break, and I just feel bad that there hasn't been a ton of content going out. Um, I took a break away uh, just for some rest, relaxation. Um, There was a lot of big stuff that happened uh, in the previous month of the show. And so I just want to take a step back, kind of refocus, recalibrate, and get back on it. In the meantime, before we launch our new episode of the series on August 2nd. That'll be the first interview episode that's been released in a little while. I want to go ahead and share a couple bonus episodes. So I did a bonus episode uh, just a couple days ago, um, and I'm going to be doing another one right now. And I want to talk really quick about the IFB and modesty. Now, most of what I'm going to share is already available on Preacher Boys Doc. That's PreacherBoysDoc.com slash blog. And the title of the article is Dress Your Best for the Preacher Boy, the IFB and Modesty. So essentially, I'm going to read the blog post, but I know a lot of you that listen to the podcast only haven't heard this. And even if you have, it might be helpful to hear it uh, once again and include some of the audio clips that are referenced in the article. So again, if you'd rather read the article, uh, go to PreacherBoysDoc.com and head to the blog section of the site. I thank God I didn't have mama and grandmamas strut around in their big stretch britches with their showing their big fat self. For the casual outsider from the Independent Fundamental Baptist Church, this is probably the last quote you'd expect to hear from behind the pulpit of a church. For anyone inside the IFB, this type of language is par for the course. The quote above is from evangelist Larry Brown. If the name sounds vaguely familiar, you may recognize him as the one who smashed a television with an axe on the stage of First Baptist Church of Hammond. If you were unaware that someone did that, Larry Brown did indeed smash a television with an axe on the stage of First Baptist Church of Hammond. Brother Brown, the television, I know it's ruining, it's putting an ungodly, worldly atmosphere in our home, but there's nothing I can do. It was nothing you can do unless you just go forward. Yeah. Unless you just go forward. You say, 
You say, preacher, what can I do? She'd throw a fit. No, she wouldn't. No. Your wife's not going to say a word if you'll just go forward. Yeah. If you just go forward. You say, well, what can I do? Well, some night when she's cooking supper and, man, everything's getting grilled in there and your children's sitting around here like a bunch of catfish at the end of a drain pipe soaking up all of that filth, you just sneak yonder into the garage and you get you. <laughs> and, I, and you come back and while your wife's cooking, you say, children, you may want to move back a little bit. And you take this thing. <laughs> You say, I hate that thing. I hate that thing. I hate, I hate that thing. I hate that thing. Yeah, well, wait a minute. When she comes in, when she comes running in, you be standing there like this going, I hate it. I hate it. She ain't going to say nothing. Anyway, we aren't here to talk about smashing televisions with axes. We're here to talk about a favorite buzzword among the IFB, modesty. Call me every name you want to call me. They call me old-fashioned. Let me just go a step further. You little mini-skirted girls that don't have enough decency to wear skirts down to your knees. If you're not a harlot, why do you dress like one? To have on enough clothes to make a pair of leggings for a mockingbird. Is that naked? Who slew all of these? Every cheerleader who shows her panties. Oh, but you ladies sit with the house, you shouldn't use the word panties. They don't ever do it, sweetie. She had her back to me and was bent over. I really thought it was an elephant with diapers on when I first saw it. I really did. I mean, God have mercy. There's a reason when ladies come up here to sing that the dresses are going to come down to the knee when a lady stands up here. I've counseled too many men to know that if we don't have everything covered just right, they're not going to be thinking about wonderful grace of Jesus. Do you know how many times your daughter sneaks out in the wee hours of the morning to have sex with a boyfriend? Well, not my daughter. I'll take pictures for you. In the IFB, generally modesty means a few basic things. Skirts below the knee, no slits, no spaghetti straps, no cleavage, no open-toe shoes, no two-piece bathing suits, etc., etc., etc. And if you haven't noticed by the short preceding list, there's a tendency to emphasize female modesty specifically, because women are far more capable of being attractive than men, right? But what's more fascinating than the what is the why of these dress standards. Here are a few quick takeaways from consuming ample amounts of IFB preaching on modesty. Number one. Sexual repression is a real thing. The thing you find yourself talking about a lot is probably the thing you are thinking about a lot, and IFB pastors can tend to spend a lot of time talking about the female form. Take a look at prominent IFB evangelist Larry Brown's big argument around short shorts. I was coming down South Avenue C one, one day, and I had my mind on my business. And I looked over there, and there was a woman over there, a very, very, very large woman. I mean, she was, she wearing a shirt that said, home of the whopper. I mean, she'd already been supersized. I, I looked over there and she had on shorts and, and, you know, I want to tell you what, beautiful, wonderful women come in all shapes and sizes. Say amen right there. But for the life of me, why, especially very large women want to expose it and emphasize it and modify it, I don't know. Can't understand. I looked over there. She had her back to me and was bent over. There were gobs and rolls hanging everywhere. And I, I, I don't look back again. 
But I tell you, I had to take a rerun on this one because I really thought, I really thought it was an elephant with diapers on when I first saw it. I really did. I mean, God have mercy. He talks about a very, very, very large woman. He talks about her already being supersized. He says, beautiful, wonderful women come in all shapes and sizes. He says, very large women shouldn't want to expose it, emphasize it, or modify it. He said that she had her back to him and was bent over. There were gobs and rolls everywhere. It looked like an elephant with a diaper, so on and so forth. His argument against immodest clothing is not because it shows too much. It's because what it shows is not appealing to the preacher boy at the pulpit. The sexual frustration is so painfully evident, and the amount of detailed attention paid to the female form by pastors and evangelists like Larry Brown should be a major alarm to the congregation. I shouldn't have to say this, but when an evangelist spends a full one minute and 27 seconds behind the pulpit critiquing a woman's butt that he had to, quote, take a rerun on, and the response of your pastor is to just sit behind him and laugh, walk out of the service. This isn't isolated either. Jack Scott, now incarcerated for engaging in sexual intercourse with a minor, constantly preached about how women should keep their figure for the man they married. One of the IFB founding fathers, Jack Hiles, constantly made sly innuendos and sexual comments from the pulpit, even toward minors. In 1981, he preached a sermon to his fellow pastors about how young girls' bodies were like the Holy Temple. He put a young girl named Arlene on display beside him as a visual aid for hundreds of other preachers as he thundered about the high priest entering the Holy Temple. This is a preacher who's used his pulpit to defend one of his deacons convicted of molesting a seven-year-old girl. Arlene, you're... You're very touchable for a young man, and I'm too old to even see you. But I could see why hundred young men want to touch her, couldn't you? Number two, far too many assume women are responsible for men's thoughts and actions. Quote, I've counseled too many men to know that if we don't have everything covered up just right, they aren't going to be thinking about the wonderful grace of Jesus. End quote. Paul Chapel. This way of thinking is a key reason that female victims of sexual assault and rape are so often blamed for it. When you are automatically assigned the role of temptress because of your gender, the man will always be looked at as a victim, even when, in reality, he's the abuser. Rape can happen to anyone, anywhere, in any setting, and it doesn't matter how long or short your skirt is, how much of your blouse covers you, or whether or not you wear high heels. A hundred percent of the blame should be placed on the shoulders of the one who made the choice to violate another person. There's no such thing as asking for it. I separately interviewed two women recently for episodes of the Preacher Boys podcast. Because of strict IFB teaching regarding women, the first had blamed herself for rape. She thought if she had worn different clothes, been in a different spot, or acted differently, she could have prevented it. The reality was she was wearing scrubs with no makeup and was in her car after a long shift at a hospital. Sadly, it wasn't until years later she realized how the teaching she'd grown up around had skewed her thinking. The other person I talked to was sexually assaulted three times, once every 10 years across two different churches, with each time being covered up by whichever she was attending at the time. That's a pretty definite pattern, and it speaks more to the form of churches she was affiliated with than to her. These anecdotes and countless others fly in the face of the type of victim-blaming IFB preachers have engaged in for decades. Number three. The best way to draw attention away from your scandals is to cast shame on others. In Jack Scott's chilling final sermon, he called out parents for not raising their teens correctly, for being unaware of their teens sneaking out and having sex, and a host of other issues. The tragic irony? Scott had been preying on a 15-year-old girl in the church for well over a year. He would be in prison just weeks after that message. 
For many pastors in the spotted history of Baptist fundamentalism, the strong language in the pulpit has been a mere deflection from their personal transgressions. Anyway, I hope you guys appreciate that episode and it gave you some perspectives to think about as you consider the IFB movement. I'm really looking forward to some of the episodes coming up. We've got perspectives from the inside of Agape uh, Boarding School in Stockton, Missouri. We've got a uh, testimony from someone out of Hopewell Baptist Church in Napa, California with an update there. And we've got some information from someone who was inside uh, Hiles Anderson College during Jack Hiles' heyday. And so there's a lot of really good content coming out soon, uh, a lot of abuse being exposed, and a lot of people finding their voice. And I, I just have to say I'm thankful for every single one of you that's willing to share your experiences within the IFB. Every single day I'm getting multiple messages from people that this show is helping. And at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. I look forward to this exciting new chapter of the Preacher Boys podcast. But for now, thank you for listening and be sure to check out any other content on PreacherBoysDoc.com or on social media everywhere at PreacherBoysDoc. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, please leave a review on iTunes and don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at PreacherBoysDoc. Additional information can always be found on PreacherBoysDoc.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.